everybody. Welcome to another audio interview for Plus Heart. My name is Matt Demers, and I started this newsletter and kind of project as a way to talk about life on the internet, not just from a perspective of a consumer, but for someone who, you know, creates or talking to other people who create or about other people who create and kind of just getting an idea of how we all connect. Connection is one of the things that kind of drives me the most and trying to figure all that kind of stuff out gives me a better kind of launching point to you know, better things, self-improvement, you know, understanding what makes me tick, what, you know, understanding what makes other people tick. Today, I'm going to be talking to Natalie Coyle, otherwise known as Platinum Paragon, who I've been following on Twitter for a good long while now. She is a great, you know, source of academic writing when it comes to gaming. And I find that that's a very like underserved niche, not only from talking about gaming, you know, in an academic sense, but more so just like having a good understanding of like what tone is and what, you know, the communities that you're kind of serving and that kind of stuff. So I'm going to throw it over to Natalie, just do a quick little intro, but after that we'll be, you know, off to the races. Yeah, perfect. So as you kindly introduced, my name is Natalie Coyle, otherwise known as Platinum Paragon. I run a website called platinumparagon.info. It's based around the psychology of video games. So what I'll do is I'll write, you know, big, you know, big scoping reviews of topics such as, you know, gaming addiction, gaming and mental health, things like that. But I'll also do sort of individual sort of breakdowns of research. Just, you know, if there's a hot button topic or a hotly published paper, then I'll go in there with my credentials and you yank the paper out, do a little bit of Robin Hooding, make it understandable to people. And yeah, just try and spread information and knowledge as widely as possible in terms of video games and psychology. That's, yeah, that's probably a good place to start because I think I was, like I said, I was thinking back of like where, when we first like talked and I think that, I think it was like Bully Hunters or something like that. I think that was where our paths maybe majorly crossed or I think it was maybe a little bit before that where it was just like looking at certain parts of, like looking at certain issues and then trying to both lend our knowledge to them but also swim against the current of drama or like swim against the current of like what the the content <laughs> metagame is which is let's let's take our own let's let's stake our own little claim of uh, of like space in this drama or this issue and then just try to kind of like make it into your own clout or you know make it into your own kind of place to get your own uh, profit I guess is probably the best way of putting it and that's what I kind of like the most about your writing is or like your work is that it seems very divorced from that kind of like rat race if that makes sense it comes from a very like altruistic place um, and I don't know I think that's a good place to start it's like what do you kind of like bring to your like work like what do you like i don't want to i don't want to make it so broad as being like why do you do this you know because that's 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 an hour-long question <laughs> that's an hour-long answer <laughs> to a very short question but i guess we can kind of start with that is like you know what what are you like bringing into your work in terms of like personal principle i guess or like you, what do you want to like get out of it the most if that makes sense yeah that's a very good question i think it kind of goes back to why i started this in the first place the sort of catalyst for all of this in the beginning was, I remember I was still in my undergraduate phase of education. I didn't even have a degree at this point, but I was doing, you know, sort of quite complex for, you know, my stage in my career. I was doing quite complex, you know, data analyses, that, and I was learning a lot of things in the trade. And I remember a paper was published and it related to something called structural equation modeling, which of course not a lot of people are going to know what that means. So like this, you know, hotly published paper about video games was published using structural equation modeling. And of course, two things there. The first thing is that, like I said, people aren't going to know what structural equation modeling is. And the second thing is that although changes are happening in academia, there's a lot of research that's still behind a paywall. Yeah. So you could be asked to pay anything from about $50 to about $300 for a single bit of research no but if you're an academic exactly no, <laughs> no not even the academics are gonna do that yeah. <laughs> so it was a case where because i was still a student um i was able to just go in there and read that for free take notes try to explain to people what structural equation modeling is and just like i said at the beginning just sort of robin hooding it you know just taking information that is put behind these ludicrous paywalls that doesn't really benefit anyone apart from people who remain at the top my philosophy was right. Why don't I just go in there, 
take this information, take it out, make it understandable and accessible to people and actually make it so that this wonderful research that is sort of getting financially gatekept from people actually makes it, you know, to the, the I hate saying it, but sort of like sticking with the Robin Hood philosophy, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the common folk, the the, the, nor, the normal people, the non-academics, <laughs> you know, you make it understandable to people. And that's just kind of what I've been doing because I'm, I guess I'm very much the type of person where if I have a bit of information or I have a bit of knowledge, I don't know why it's the case. It's the way my brain works, but my brain will just go, okay, now how do I give this to other people? How do I make this understandable to other people? And that's just, I can't explain it. That's just the way my brain works. No, I mean, I think that, I think that's like a lot of trying to figure out like the, the hows and whys of like why someone gets into content is like always like a big, you know, it's always going to be personal. And I think that kind of altruism is really important because you end up like, uh, you've probably run into this by now where it's like academia seems like a very kind of like walled garden. And then you have like that trickle out of mostly headlines, right? It's like, if we look back at that, like, analysis article like you were saying that you originally kind of got into it's like i could maybe see a journalist convincing their publication in order to pay for you know a license or whatever but they wouldn't know what they were reporting on like they'd know what they were reporting on from like an abstract perspective or or sorry from like the abstract as part of like the the paper and then that would get turned into a headline and then that would get turned into um people's opinions like it, it would it's it's like already like I, I know i'm reusing the word but it's already abstracted a couple times you know from the actual paper itself so i it is it's such a weird feeling because it's video games you know it's it's such a weird feeling <laughs> because it feels like it should be this um i mean I, 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 academic analysis of video games probably isn't that new at this point but it's like when you have these like conclusions being made or something like that it almost feels like it isn't that serious you know that it shouldn't be you know kind of locked away or something like that it's it's a thought of being like okay it's just video it's it's video games whatever it's another part of like entertainment (laughs) and 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 pop culture and like it's like someone doing that kind of stuff for like a marvel movie analysis or whatever you're like okay you're gonna put this but you're gonna put this in your walled garden kind of thing right so (laughs) i don't know i I, maybe maybe that's selling it short a little bit but at the same time it's like i think that's really admirable the 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 idea of you just got to do it you know, like that, that, that's something that hits in my brain as well. Like I've written a couple of ebooks about just like whatever, just, just things because I'm sitting there and I'm like, there's no free resources to do this. Yeah. You know, it's like if you've got gamers or like the half the reason I, I moved into like uh, marketing stuff was going, there's esports athletes that are like, you know, streamers or whatever that are going to look for guides on like how to build their own brand and they're going to get swindled. They're going to get swindled by like, you know, the the course sellers on YouTube and stuff like that selling $5,000 courses or whatever. They're going to learn nothing. And then they're going to probably hate it, you know, by example <laughs> or like by as a result. So um, it's always interesting to see like who picks up certain things for free or like, sorry, producing things for free. It's like I've been very into like wiki editing the last little bit. I started like a wiki for my D&D group. And that turned into me learning how to like host a wiki and like how to like do all that stuff and manage uploads and links and stuff. And and I think one of the things that I remember you did, you did, it was like a DMCA or like, sorry, not DMCA, um, (laughs) devil, devil may cry DMC V. So five, I think it was like info. What was a Twitter account was like DMC info or DMC info. Yeah. It was like DMC five info. It was myself and my fiance. What happened was it's funny to link it back to things like academia and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I realized that was a long, that was a long spiel and I didn't give you a chance to respond. So let's take it back. Let's let's rewind a little. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's quite funny because I've I've only told a handful of people this story and they laugh every time I say it. But basically what happened was was that at that stage, sort of in my, you know, Twitter presence, I was getting, you know, followed and eyes on me in terms of, you know, really influential people in academia and video game academia, like you know, professors, people held in high esteem, et cetera, et cetera. And after such a long hiatus like my favorite video game series ever that has brought me so much joy and happiness was getting a new game. And this is me. I'm not, 
I know we're talking about social media. I'm not the most social person in the world. I can go like, I can have like a couple of tweets a month and it'll be related to what I'm talking about. But I mean that the floodgates opened. The floodgates completely opened. I you, had was the meme, through... you had the memes of the guy, of the yeah. guys, the two frame <laughs> animations of, of all the, exactly. yeah. So people, people who don't know that I'm not even going to explain it, but it was, it was, there was, there was a specific <laughs> meme with Devil May Cry 5 where it, it, two frames of animation got memed to Helen back as a dance and yeah, there were endless, exactly. endless frames of it. And it was great. And that, that's what Twitter is good for is getting more of those. <laughs> And that was the thing. It's like my partner and I were literally, without exaggeration, going through the the reveal trailer frame by frame. We were that excited about it, and I was tweeting about it that much. I was so excited that these academics were like, um, "This this isn't really what we're I'm going to unfollow." I'm, I'm, I'm going to yeah, hit the unfollow. So I was hemorrhaging really influential oh, people no. in the video game academia industry because of my frequent rampant incoherent tweeting about a video game i was really excited about so i said to my partner okay we, we should maybe you know take it off to the sides maybe quarantine it a little bit so that's what we did i ended up having a little quarantine zone along with my partner to talk about the game and thankfully some of those academics came back and hit the follow <laughs> button again once i did that but unfortunately some of them have uh remained gone from my my social media presence i scared them off unfortunately if they can't handle your your keyboard smash they don't deserve you at your best <laughs> come on like let's be real it, when yakuza when yakuza 8 comes out i will be making a number of tweets and and you know back to that. <laughs> I, yeah, whoever stays stays I, i've made my peace yeah. with it but i i think that's in, like it's interesting in the sense like those kind of fan projects really like make me interested or sorry like really kind of um pique my interest mostly just because because like I said, it's free labor, and I'm not I'm not the type of person that I'm going to sit here and, and hammer on the oh you shouldn't be doing this for free and blah blah blah. So, some of the stuff, some of these projects require that spirit of collaboration, and it requires that spirit of like altruism. And I think what really interested me about your that DMC that DMC account, in my head I keep saying DMCA because I because <laughs> that's because that acronym is in my head. But that DMC account, like part of it was like, you guys were like translating like light novels. You guys were translating like the manga that came out that gave backstory to one of the players. Or like, I don't think you guys were doing the translating them yourselves, but you were at least like um, posting like links to the translations and that kind of stuff. And and that, that stuff used to be like on, like on forums and stuff like that like that that used to be like the, the older kind of like early 2000s like forum culture and now you have cross-pollination on twitter where since it's all on the same big forum you have people being able to like you know find something that they didn't know existed or like you know they they get to with a, with a click of the follow button you know they can not only get that information, but they can see your passion for it. You know that 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 lives there. And um, was there anything like anything like major that you like took away from that project in terms of like that maybe that you maybe like took back to your academic work? Ah, oh, that's a very good question. Um, I guess like just one very small thing. It's just I was I felt you know this is just my personal opinion, but I felt that as the account grew and you know we we translated more things and got more rights on us, I felt that people became quite good at trusting us. Mm. For example, you know, it was only limited languages that the quote unquote team were yeah. able to translate. So for example, there might've been a team. Our, our team, yeah, quote unquote, yeah, me and my partner, The writer's room. The writer's our, our room. Living, our living room. <laughs> so there was only a limited amount of languages that we were able to process content from. So it got to the point where we had German contacts, we had French contacts, and they, and for example, Korean contacts as well. And it was getting to the point where they knew that if they put in time and effort into translating that content, they would be fairly credited. They would be represented on the page. They would have their you know social media linked back to things like that. And so, for example, I ended up you know writing a couple of articles where I've had to talk to people about things. And I think that experience led to me you know just making sure that people knew that they were going to be properly credited or conversely if they wanted to remain anonymous things like that so just it helped in terms of just reassuring the fact that you know we can be very clout hungry culture we can be very much you know me 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 i did this but it was helpful in reassuring people that i'm not like that if you do something or give me your time you will be fairly sort of 
acknowledged and you know, compensated, like implied, you know, monetary thing, but it's the idea of that you will be acknowledged for your time and you know, your socials will be linked back to things like that. So there's a nice little bit of carry through for that. Yeah. And, and I mean, like some people like it's, it's weird now when you come across like a fan project or like you're working with someone where they're just like, no, nah, I'm just going to do this, you know? And, and they don't like, I think it's easy to kind of get tunnel visioned or like blinders a little bit when you're like working, um, when your like online brand is like directly leading to like your income or something like that. Like there are some people who yeah. they just do it for fun and, and, and that's kind of like what, how they handle it. And it also kind of helps that like, there's at least like a finite aspect of like that project like that, like until, you know, they announce DMC six or something like that. Devil May Cry six <laughs> or yeah. whatever, if they do, I'm, I'm going to say they, they probably will. Cause I, I think that the game did really well, but, um, it did, yeah. there, it's not like it becomes this all encompassing thing. You know, there is that kind of like, okay, this is done. This is dormant for a little bit, you know? And, um, it's like a zine almost, you know, it's like a, it's like a zine that's like pretty, ongoing for a little bit and then it kind of just goes dormant for a while and i've been i've been i missed that entire culture of like creating like you know photocopied whatevers in order to just pass mm -hmm. out at a music store for free or whatever but i admire the spirit of it because it's very authentic um and i and i feel that like the internet has to fight for that authenticity now you know you, yeah unfortunately well, it, it's partially people learning what they can get out of it. You know, it's like when when people realize that there was like avenues towards becoming an influencer or making X amount of money or, you know, I'm, I'm even thinking of like what, what we would call shit posting accounts, you know, shit posting <laughs> accounts or meme accounts yeah. or whatever. It's like you would think that that those people are like, ah, whatever, like this is just all stolen content. This isn't stuff that I'm actually producing myself. I'm just aggregating it. But there is this clear path now towards making that into income or making that into like, you know, further opportunity or whatever. Right. So you know, bringing it back to that early 2000s forum culture of like, okay, hey, I, I remember like, that's how I got into like anime was like going on like a Naruto forum and then like learning how to down <laughs> learning how to download episodes off IRC before they were licensed in English. And it's like that, that's lost. That culture is not, is not as prevalent anymore. And I'd like to think that's a loss. You know, like, I'd like to think that that's something that doesn't get easily, like, put back together. And, like, do you, I know that you've done, like, I, I know that you did the Devil May Cry stuff. I know that, like, you played, like, Tekken in person with people, like, local fighting games or, or have mm -hmm. that spirit. Because it yeah. is, local fighting games have that spirit because it's about the, 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 the circle that you're in. It's very yeah. rare. Even the best person that's like in your group is probably going to get stomped in the, the bigger <laughs> once they go a step up. So it's about that kind of yeah. like internal thing. Has there have there been any like formative like, like I was saying, like Naruto forums or like anime forums where you were like, okay, this is how I kind of got my window into the bigger like internet or like internet culture, I guess. Definitely. So I guess like I would have been starting to use the internet more in, I'd say about 2005, around that, like 2004, 2005. And this is so funny to say, but one of the main reasons I would have been on the internet at the time is that there was an exciting video game coming out called Devil May Cry 3. Oh my God. And, yeah. And I so was- hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, before we, before we finish that, before we finish that story, that implies that you started, you played Devil May Cry 2 and then got excited for three. So are yeah. you saying that you started with two? I started with one. Okay, okay. So I, I, I would have been reading a lot of PlayStation magazines at the time. So I actually would have been privy to the idea that you know two was rushed, two was uh, okay, okay. unfinished. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you like knew. The, yeah. Oh no, I knew. I, I was fully aware. So even though I was like you know twelve at the time, I was like, well, actually, it was a. Uh, you know, the, the director's first time and, you know, he's trying to, you know, make up for it now and just, you know, downloading, like, I remember, I think it took about 25 hours for me to download a trailer oh. for Devil May Cry 3 from IGN with a big ugly IGN watermark on it. Oh, and that it watermark, like baby. 144. <laughs> Love that. It was like 144p, took like 25 hours to download. I think, I think I actually, you know, 
turn the monitor off to try and trick my family into thinking that the PC was off. Oh, I've done that before. 100% done that yeah. before. <laughs> <laughs> so I would have been um, downloading that and I would have been on, you know, like pretty much every forum or any sort of communication board for that game I could. And it's it's kind of funny because, you know, the website's still active, even though the admin is, you know, the admin pays for the website to yeah. maintain itself. But she's very much, you know, off to the sides and doing her own thing. But there was a Devil May Cry fan site called Devil's Lair. And this this one admin, she was called Kat. And she did so, like, thought me if this sounds familiar. She did a lot of content curation. She did a lot of translating. She would have written guides. She would have done this and that. And that would have been very formative for me. Wow, I was... never would have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> this was incredibly formative because it was just a community project for the community. It, like I said, like she, I remember when the Devil May Cry anime first, like it's it's not great. It's um, it's the most mediocre. I've thing. heard mixed things. It's it's um, it's a putting it kindly, but, putting it kindly. Yeah, it's mixed yeah, like it's yeah. So um, so when that started coming out, she was the one translating it, and she okay. was translating novels and things like that. It was just her and her free time, just giving back to the community, just taking care of people. And that was very formative for me because I would have just been, you know, an early teenager at this stage. And here I was seeing someone fervently taking care of a community of people who were very passionate about something. And yeah, it was a little bit too formative, I think I would say about that, you know, just going back to the, the Twitter page, it was a bit too formative perhaps, but even, um, I guess uh, going back to you know, things like fighting games as well. So I would have been sort of the um, SRK sort of yeah, generation, yeah. things like that. Just, you know, reading, um, I remember like just reading, you know, guides for Street Fighter 4 and things like that. And just, well, absorbing I, I knowledge. It's all about, it's all about the sharing of knowledge. And it's, it's like the, exactly. and like Discord is like, that's what I don't like now is that wikis are good because they're indexable. Mm. You know, yeah. and, and di if you've ever joined a tech support Discord for, mm -hmm. like, I, I, I have a couple bots, like, um, I run an open source bot for both my Twitch chat and for Discord, and mm -hmm. joining those Discords in order to look for, like, an error code or look for, like, an error message, it's, like, it's not in chronological order. It sometimes mm. doesn't respect quotes in order to get the exact like phrasing of something. Discord is just abysmal for trying to find that kind of support. And you're not going to find it in like, you're not going to find it through Google. You know, you're unfortunately, sometimes you're sitting there being like, well, I'm going to make my Google search and then I'm going to type in site colon reddit.com because that's how I know that it's mm -hmm. actually like, you know, a <laughs> thing. But that that spirit is important because it's not like those admins were like, maybe you get some ad revenue out of it, like back in the day, like back, back before it got like cannibalized or whatever, or maybe you got like donations or merch or whatever. But at the same time, it's like, I'm very, I think a lot about niches where you don't have the potential clout in order to get because it's not either an, a popular subject or the scale isn't there you know where there you're you aren't like if you think about like smash brothers you know you can be a smash influencer you can be a pokemon influencer because the scale is there and there's also that kind of like linearity of like okay you know i can make this into different kind of opportunities or whatever but i'm thinking about like Yakuza. Like, I love the Yakuza series, a uh, Ryu Gagatoku series. I, I I can't speak Japanese, so forgive me. But um, <laughs> up until recently, you know, up until like maybe, you know, five, five years ago, that was a pretty niche series. And then it kind of like has its breakout and whatever. But like, even now you're, you're not, you're not seeing that be an influencer kind of like title, you know, that isn't a niche that you're going to be like a title, like a influencer for. Um, I even think like, you know, Witcher is there because you've got like the Netflix show, you've got some crossover. I was thinking about like other kind of like big names in my head where I'm like, you're not going to be like cyberpunk, you know, like 2077, like that game, like until it gets like an expansion or until they try to like do something with it. Like that kind of has maybe a little bit of crossover with like tabletop, but I, I'm a little, I'm a little rambling here, but I, I wanted to come back to an important point, which was I noticed that both sites that you'd mentioned there were admin by women. And I don't know if that's a DMC thing. I, I know so many female DMC fans. <laughs> yeah. 
women love their character action games. It is not just Devil May Cry. It is Bayonetta. It is Vanquish. It is, I don't know why, you know, y'all love your mission-based gameplay and getting that, that those, uh, those letter grades at the end, I guess. I don't know. But I mean, like, I, you know, without getting too, like, I think that's also interesting. Like for me, obviously, as like a straight white male, I'm not going to go too heavy into like the politics of it or whatever. But like, you know, the spaces are relatively like if I think about like things like World of Warcraft guilds, if I think about things like trying to, you know, those forums or whatever. Um, I had a very brief raver phase as a high schooler <laughs> that I am doing everything that I can in order to suppress. But this forum that I was on was like, you know, it was a bunch of other white kids, and I think the admin was maybe an Asian guy. But, like, the, you know, trying to find, I think it's all about trying to find possibility, right? It's like if you're in a space where you're seeing someone, like you were saying, I don't want to say have a life doing that because they didn't they did it as a hobby, right? And I think that's mm -hmm. almost like a very important distinction that maybe kids today, without aging myself too much, maybe aren't. <laughs> like getting that distinction of you have you can do it and just do it for fun and you can do it because you're really passionate about it you don't have to make that jump into influencer territory because i think you know kids the examples that they're seeing through both the algorithm serving it to them and also like you know who, who their friends are talking about or whatever they're not seeing someone do something successfully and saying okay, I can just do that successfully because I'm passionate about it. You know, that those acts or those activities or whatever, they're yeah. seeing that successful person and going, I can make a career out of this. And then they end up killing their passion for whatever it is, right? And I can yeah. imagine that, like, you didn't have that, like, direct connection. Maybe you, like, started messing around with it and then we're like, okay, maybe I can do something with this. But I don't know. I I'm trying to mentally map where that shift changes you know, between early two, early 2000s, kind of like forum culture and just being like, no, it doesn't even enter my mind that I could do this as a career, you know? And now it feels like that's almost too evident, you know, the, yeah. with streamers and VTubers and YouTubers maybe five years ago, you know, that kind of stuff of, it isn't that I'm just enjoying this product, but that this other person is doing. And maybe if I was taking part in that community or something like that, oh, now it's a possible career path. And then that almost taints it because it has to be so authentic in order to be successful at it. But if you're treating it like a career going into it, you don't have that authenticity. So it, it, it's it's a weird, like we're in a, you and I were in, and maybe even people in that kind of like late millennials generation, we have that benefit of being both analog and digital. We're straddling yeah. that line. We're able to translate for either side and know why each side works and i don't know that's something that i'm just endlessly curious about and i'm not sure if that any of that like resonated with you if that makes sense um just like as an aside i think it might be related to things like i feel that especially in the current year that we're in i feel like there is almost an obsession with multiple streams of income yeah. And you, know, you can't just have your job. You come back from your job your hustle. and you have your side hustle. Yeah, yeah, you have your side hustle. So I think part of it might be to do with that. But um, I guess for me personally, I guess I would do my job and then I would do my Patreon. But then I would also do things like I would you know, help translate things for people and do other community things. But that's because I'm, I'm a person who is very in touch with what they want. I'm a big advocate of things like journaling. I will sit down with myself and I'll say, okay, I'm going to do X, what do I want out of X? So just me even taking it back to the Twitter account, there are examples where uh, something would be said about the game in a Japanese interview and it wouldn't be translated into English in like, like an official capacity until a couple of months later. So that's me feeling good that a piece of information was originally stuck in Japan in Japanese and people were able to know about it months in advance. That makes me feel good Therefore, I'm going to continue doing things like that. Whereas I feel that I feel like some people could really benefit from just like sitting down and, you know, if they have a Twitter account dedicated to, you know, a series or something, even like you said, even to shitposting, like 
what are your shit posting goals? What do you want out of shit posting? Sometimes it helps just to sit down with yourself, maybe with a blank page, with a blank document, and just ask yourself, what do you want? Just be very clear about your own goals and what you want in terms of, you know, just trying to chase nebulous things like I want a big fan account or something like that. Just be honest with yourself. Talk to yourself. Yeah, I think that that's an important question because I've asked that question myself, you know, and, and I think that of myself rather. And I think that I like without getting too therapy into this, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that sometimes I've definitely had the answer be. I want stability or like I want income in the validation that comes with creating content. And those are very self-serving reasons. And I was really hesitant to use the word selfish. I'm trying to beat <laughs> it out of my vocabulary that you can be self-serving without being selfish because being yeah. selfish is seen as a, you know, an inherently negative thing. But I think the, the interesting thing, and I'm not trying to like, say one is better than the other but I, i'm noticing that like when you were mentioning the stuff about the, the information that kind of stuff it's like that being the primary goal is good because then your primary like way of knowing that if you're passing failing or if you're like satisfied with it is whether you're is something in your control you know, yeah. whether you are putting out that information in an accurate way that you can be confident about and you're crediting it properly and you can be relatively, you know, faithful, or like confident in the translation or whoever you're getting it translated from or whatever, um, or saying even just like, okay, we, we aren't even translating it, but we at least got the scans or something like that, mm -hmm. right? Once you accomplish that goal, that's a check mark there and you're satisfied with it and you're fulfilled and whatever. For me, I've definitely had that problem using air quotes here for the people who can't watch where we're actually talking via video so there's there's going to be some maybe references that we you know might not be audible but um being able to go like okay hey i i'm satisfied or fulfilled by this if it hits different in terms of like it if it takes off or if it gets a certain amount of response or if it helps me grow my brand those are all things i can't necessarily control and trying to be yeah. like trying to be like disappointed or like putting your disappointment or your, I don't want to say sanity, that's a little bit um, extreme, but you know, your mental well-being or like how whether, or how the momentum of you creating more is building, you know, it's like you can slow your momentum by being disappointed by that, or you can speed up your momentum by getting the validation that you want and then having that motivate you to do more stuff, you know? Um, so like your momentum is coming from that, checkbox of I've done this thing that is within my control and as long as it's out there no matter how many people see it I'm satisfied with that and maybe that kind of like that I, I have a feeling that kind of like rolls into what I was saying about like kids maybe not having like the best like examples of like what success looks like um and maybe like that's maybe the the core of that like fan project question that I have is like the motivation is different or the satisfaction that you're getting from it is different because like you were saying with those admins from those sites right or even the i can imagine just keeping the site online like you were saying the admin still pays for the hosting i can imagine that is satisfying because that information doesn't get lost and that information is still there and you're at least preserving something that you're preserving other people's work you know it's not just saying well i'm bored of this project i'm just gonna like let it die because yeah. you know I, I i don't care it's like no you should care about that because you've put in work and other people put in work in it and it's a collaborative effort you know so um i don't know something about that spoke to me something about that spoke to me in terms of just being like okay i think people might be hesitant to to have that honest frank conversation with themselves you know because even if it's so weird. I, I don't know if you've ever had this problem, but when you write something, like you, you do that exercise, you do that, like what is really motivating me here? Or what is really my intentions here? And you write something to yourself that no one else can see that is disappointing to yourself a little bit that you're embarrassed about or you're ashamed of or something like that. And you're like, why does this feel so bad? No one else can see this. It's not like someone <laughs> is, is watching me type this, you know, but at the end of the day, that's still true. You know, even if it's disappointing or you're ashamed of it, or if it's something that you'd rather it not be, 
You should at least know or be at least be honest with yourself, you know, instead of trying to trick yourself that it's something else. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that it, it, it's complicated because I think that a lot of labor, like there's a lot of conversations about like labor and like getting like compensated for labor and that kind of stuff now. And it's, uh, it's very, um, I don't know for me, I, for me, I find myself in a place where I'm like, okay, I like the spirit of these free projects, but there is like that kind of conversation about like what should be compensated, what shouldn't be. And, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I tend to err on the side of, I want to keep spirit of internet, like early internet alive and that kind of thing. And is there any, were there any like kind of boundaries, like when you were kind of like planning what you wanted to do with your video game writing or like the platinum Paragon, like product, I hate to reduce it down to a product, but you know, you know what I mean? Um, were there any like self-imposed boundaries or like maybe, not like when you were starting, but like maybe as you developed it where you were like, okay, I don't want to do this or like, I don't want to handle this project in this way. Mm -hmm. That's a very good question. I think the main thing is that I tend to be very competitive with myself, not oh. with anyone else really, but with myself. And, you know, just to go back to the idea of the financial barriers when it comes to video game academia. So I was thinking, you know, if we even go to like low ballpark, like the idea of like, $50 an article. I was just thinking about the idea of, oh, wouldn't it be great to fill a, a pan, like an article with as many $50 articles as I could. But of course, in order to do that, I need to go in and I need to read all of those $50 articles. And especially at the beginning, I was obsessed with the idea of citing the most sources, having the many, the the article on the topic with the most information, things like that. But it just got to the point where I was, you know, just really running myself ragged. So in a way, I just had to focus on not being so competitive with myself and being okay with taking on topics that maybe don't have as much reading on it because, you know, maybe it's not been explored as much, but just knowing that it's okay to, you know, publish an article, for example, in May with, 40 sources and June with 12 sources and July with 13 sources. You know, it's fine. It doesn't have to be that sort of constant competition with yourself. It's okay to explore a variety of options that don't necessarily have to be the best of everything or one-upping yourself every time. That's sort of what I had to struggle with. Well, it's, it's interesting in the sense that it, that kind of like motivation is coming from yourself as opposed to like mm -hmm. external, because like I, the, my follow-up question to that would be like, you know, did you feel that you needed to have the most sources or cite like a lot of sources because it's video games? You know, did you feel that you needed to like make it legitimate, if that makes sense, where it's like, uh, okay, if, if I'm like I have this problem myself where I look at other people who are writing and I'm like, oh, those people are much more well-read than I am. And they're actually like quoting philosophy or they're quoting like, you know, this study or blah, blah, blah. And um, it, it's a little bit of an inferiority thing where I'm like, okay, I'm just like kind of writing what I write and, you know, where it's coming from. And yeah, I do have my own experiences, but you're almost like minimizing those just to be like, from the self-comparison piece, if that makes sense to other people. So, so I guess, I guess the question is, is like whether that, you know, desire to, you know, be the most cited or whatever is like coming from like internal or like external. Is it something that you're looking at and being like, okay, this is video game. So it needs to have like a certain amount of citing so I can like treat it as, or like it can be treated or validated as any kind of like any other kind of like academic writing. Yeah. So that is, Sort of that question sort of relates to a personal thing and it relates to sort of a philosophy of mine in that, you know, I tell people this, they, they tend to look at me wide-eyed whenever I do it, but my philosophy is that I believe wholeheartedly that any room that I walk into, that I'm going to be the stupidest person there. And, you know, pe people like, like, okay, doctor, whenever I <laughs> say that to them, but I've just... I've witnessed people sort of destroy themselves with arrogance and just, you know, walking into a room and believing that they are the smartest person there. You know, they cannot be questioned, their morals, their integrity, their genius, et cetera, et cetera, is unparalleled. And I've just witnessed that and I just want to be the opposite of that. 
So that tends to be how I approach my work. So when I write something, I don't want people going away and saying, oh, you know, Dr. Natalie Coyle believes this. I want them to say, as cited by, you know, five or six different yeah. researchers who've all done these, this amazing. So at the end of the day, like, I, I always say to people, like, don't listen to me. Like, don't listen to what I have to say. Look at the sources that I'm citing. I am sharing the sources with you. Yes, I'm collating them, but please pay attention to the sources. That's what I really want to emphasize. And I, I always, what I always tend to do as well is that if I write, for example, a big article or even just a, an article breaking down a smaller piece of research, I tend to finish it off with a critique section where I acknowledge all the flaws of the research, all of the flaws in sort of the line of thinking, because I respect people's intelligence and I respect their ability to make informed decisions. So that's just what I tend to do. I tend to not put myself on a pedestal. I don't tend to consider myself as, you know, a very esteemed, wonderful researcher. I just, I just tend to get into the headspace of, I am someone who shares research with the world. I use, language that makes it easier for everyone to understand and the sources are there for you to read so please pay attention to the sources and don't necessarily attribute everything to me the credit should go to the wonderful academics who have researched that work well i mean i think that's a that's a symptom of how content works now right is it's who like there's so much incentive to take who is like posting that work or, or, you know, doing that work and, and um, collating it, I guess is the best way of putting it, getting all those kind of sources together and then treating it as if it's like, it benefits you to attach that to your brand. You know, I'm using that yeah. hypothetically, you know, I'm using that hypothetically because clearly it's a very principled decision to be able to like, um, you know, put all the sources out there. Yes. You, you know, you do have that kind of like ability to do a critique or something like that. But it, it takes restraint. And I think a lot of creators don't have that restraint because there's so much benefit to being the the source for it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like it's so yeah. easy to kind of, um, there's, there's, like I said, there's so much benefit. There's, there's so much like a, a advantage to almost like having your own little kingdom that way. And, and I think that <laughs> you having at least that, that, principle i guess is the best way of putting it in terms of just being like okay it's about sharing that information it's not about me trying to like own it or trying to like package it in a way that benefits natalie the most you know that that yeah. kind of really helps and we, we've talked about this before we talked about this a while ago and it's something that's always really stuck with me where um i think that especially with academics and especially with people who have some kind of like authoritative voice and some kind of like credentialism, you know, some kind of thing. It's very easy for people on Twitter to take those people when they say something that agrees with or they agree with or that serves their purpose. And it's almost like Natalie's my person now. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Coyle is validating all my shit or like all, all my opinions. So yeah. now I must like, it, it, she must serve my needs, if that makes sense. And we I, we talked about this a while ago. It's probably over a year ago now where we were just like, you know, you're, you're sitting there and it's like, especially on Twitter. And uh, sorry, let me, let me uh, take a pause here just to like phrase this properly. Um, it would be very easy for you to sit on Twitter and use Twitter as it's uh, as the medium for like your work. You know, you could find the argument of the day and you could use basically your credentials in order to either validate or invalidate whatever not even what you believe in but what serves your audience, you know? And then because Dr. Coyle is the one that is lending her authority to this thing, you get the validation loop of of someone going I'm angry at this or I am frustrated or dissatisfied or whatever, whether it's paying $10 more for video games, you know, a price in USD goes from 60 to 70 or whatever. There's a way for you to spin that. 
you know, we, we talk about culture war stuff or politics or whatever. There's easy, there's endless ways of people to like go pick a side, pander to that audience, use their authority in order to be able to further that relationship with people. And then, you know, eventually leverage that into income and that kind of stuff. And one of the things I admire most about you is that you at least have the restraint to not play that game. And you have a very <laughs> strong sense of principles in order to be able to like, just say like, okay, man, I'm going to take my month in order to do this article. And it's going to be to the standards that I like doing it. And yeah, it's not going to be for everyone. And I'm not going to take my article and put it in a, like a 20 th tweet thread. So each one of them can get retweeted and each one of them can get me more clout kind of thing. And I admire that restraint a lot about you. And, and it's something that we've talked about in the past where it's like, you know, it sucks because or I don't want to say it sucks, but sometimes it can feel like you're leaving money on the table. And, and other times it feels like other people are only using you as far or like appreciating you as far as they can, you can validate their own opinions, if that makes yeah. sense. And then once, once you go off the reservation, you know, once you take that hard turn or disagree, then all of a sudden you're persona non grata. Right. And I can only imagine for like academics and stuff where you're still trying to like play that neutrality game, you know, you're trying to approach it with a, with an objectivity in mind, you know, that can be probably very difficult. Yeah, like I, I guess there have been examples like throughout, you know, because I've had the website for a good couple of years now, and there have been, there have been people who have sort of come into that sphere, and I've either immediately or almost immediately identified them as having you know, sort of nefarious purposes, and I'm I'm just gonna put it all out on the table here. I have ranted to friends, saying that with this exact phrase. I am not your best doctor lady. Yes, ex like, that's ex that's please, exactly what yeah. I that's what I was that's what I was literally trying to get across is that there is the like oh this is the doctor that believes the stuff that I do. So now I have yeah. credentials behind it and now I have now I have um now I don't have to defend my own opinions. Now I can yeah. just point to her and say that oh this this person that has a, a degree or whatever or ha who has this degree of clout or you know standing or whatever believes the same things that I do validates the same things that I do and now I don't have to do the work. Now I can just like point to her say she validates my opinions or he validates my opinions whatever and like you know our hypothetical doctor and um that's how you play the Twitter game. You know, that that's that's a Twitter game to be played. And I'm I'm glad you at least kind of that that whole sentence that I'm not your quote unquote base doctor, um, that is I'm very glad that you recognize that. Yeah, no, it's 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 been a problem because um unfortunately as well, I guess I recognize the fact that I'm sort of like five foot four inches. I'm I'm a very small person. I'm I'm easy to guess for lack of a better term, like ooify. Like I've ah, I've yeah. had people like 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 here's a head pat for you, and I'm like I'm I have a PhD. I'm don't I'm a patronize me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't patronize me. Yeah, like my Patreon's right there. You can you can you can go. You can patronize that, me. Yeah, yes, you exactly. can patronize me, but don't like patronize me. Like don't infantilize me. Like that's the thing. Is like this the way people interact with people on social media, it's either like, I, and to one person I could be the base doctor lady and to the other person I could be the uwu doctor lady. And it's like, oh my God, please make it stop. I just, I just like, like you're saying, I just want to have integrity. I just want to show people sources and things like that. I just, I'm, I'm not here for sort of the infantilization and the, yeah, like this is the person who solves all my arguments basically. Yeah, and and like I mean, it, it tracks with what we've been talking about in terms of like the, in terms of like personal identity and like what you've put in like it, it's a balance, right? I'm I'm obsessed with like Cartesian planes of like here is one scale and then we're gonna plot it against the other scale, and it's like with content, there's that informational axis and then there's that like personal axis, and you can easily put a super informational piece at one end of one scale and then put super personal at the other end of a singular scale. But when you have two yeah. different scales, it gives you that kind of like flexibility. And, and I think that's more about like what the, like what content creation online is about rather than, rather than like, like I said, rather than a binary, this is, or not binary, but it's like, this is going to be on a single like scale of informational to personal. It's like, no, how do you mix the two? How do you have like, 
two values there. It's either a certain amount personal and a certain amount informational and then wherever it mixes. And like, I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to your principles, right? And it comes down to like, what do you want to like sacrifice in order to like try to get ahead? Or like, what do you want to potentially give up in order to try to like further yourself or whatever? And it seems at least that you have like a very strong idea of what you want and what you want to accomplish. And that, you know, that that's your guiding star and you're not compromising on that, which is, which is just great. It's so hard to do that. Trust <laughs> is taken from me. It is very hard to do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so shifting gears a little bit, um, I didn't mean to get too personal there, but, um, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about an, another extremely personal question. Tell me about, <laughs> tell me about Tycho drumming. <laughs> tell, tell me about, so for context, for, for context, um, Natalie did not have a, a face picture on on the internet for a while, and maybe this contributed to the oo wooing of the doctor. Here is that for <laughs> for probably I don't know for the first like year year and a half, maybe two years of, of me following you, you had over your the lower half of your face, you had a, a mascot from. Um, there's a, there's a rhythm game that Sega puts out uh, that's taiko drumming. And, uh, I had the, I had the privilege of playing it when I went to Japan and one, and I, I think I messaged you immediately when I went after <laughs> or before. And I was like, Hey, I understand now. <laughs> hey. Um, but yeah, you, you had that mascot as like the lower half. And I, I, I think I remember, I remember messaging you. I think you had posted a, a newer photo or something. And I was like, uh, you called them, you were like, Don Chan is a, is a, is a, is a temperamental bitch or something like that because, <laughs> because, because the the mascot just kind of uh, I don't know whatever but my point is is that like digressing from the like super personal like work stuff is like you know what the, I know that you have a certain amount of love for certain games you know and I'm kind of giving you a little bit of a soapbox as we kind of like wind down this episode of just being like so what? So what is it about rhythm game? You don't seem like a rhythm <laughs> game kind of person. If, if I have oh. to be honest, maybe DDR, maybe DDR. I wouldn't have put you at Taiko stuff if that, or uh, yeah, the drumming stuff. So tell me, tell me the magic of of hitting the rhythm, if that makes sense. Yeah. So first of all, I'll start by saying what introduced me to Taiko Notion was actually there was a quick demo of it in Yakuza Five. Hell yeah! So oh yes, yeah, so you're right. You're right. You're right. That's You're what right. started me, and I remember it was my partner was playing it, and he was like, "Oh, you like rhythm games? Like, here you go, here's the controller." And I, was like, oh, this slaps. So, um, I remember I, I played it there, and then they, I, they don't I, have a physical machine in Ireland. They can't have a physical I machine wish, in Ireland. No, I wish. I, I think there's no, there's not. I think the closest one is in London. So okay. if I go to London, I can, I can hit it there, but. There's, you know, there's games on different platforms. You can hit like it there. The phrasing of that. I can hit that. Let's go. I, I, I say that, though. I say that I can hit it, but like, not again to feed into the uwu doctor lady yes, thing. I but know. anytime, anytime I saw a machine, whenever I was in Japan, I may or may not have given it a hug. Donk. <laughs> I may or may. No, I mean literally. There's photographs of me with my arms wrapped around. Oh I yes, I remember this. Machine. I remember this. I think I've seen one. <laughs> Hugging every machine I saw. But I think for me, like I, I play a lot of rhythm games. I play Taikano Tatsujin. I play Project Diva. Um, what other ones do I? Play? You, some, a, you have a Beat Mania controller in there. <laughs> I've got like Project Diva controllers. I've got, okay. I, I've got a Hitbox, but I use that for rhythm games as well. But ah, okay. I think for me, it's the idea. Like I talk with this a lot in my work is the idea of a mental vacation. I was so about like to say, music. it lets you just like, yeah, sorry, continue that. Like the, the, the music in, the headphones in, the, your hands are occupied. I would do this a lot, for example, in my final year of undergraduate university where my, my workload was just astronomical. And I remember I had my Vita on my left hand side of my desk and I would literally just have like, I bring it out of sleep mode and I would play uh, like five minutes of Project Eva and then I would put it down and I'd be feeling a lot better. And for example, um, Specifically in Taiga no Tatsujin, I did the same thing you do with work. There is a song called Senbon Sakura, and he, there's actually an additional hidden difficulty in Taiga no Tatsujin that you basically have to put in a cheat code to unlock. And I played on the super extra special difficulty, and people would be like, oh, you know, like, 
how did you get so good at it? And I was like, oh, every time I'm sad or I'm stressed, I play. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in this special hidden difficulty. It's the, me the, the, the meme of like, why are you eating ice cream? I only eat ice, ice cream. cream. <laughs> but you're always eating ice cream. <laughs> it's like the sads, but that's, that's literally it. Like, I really appreciate the, um, it's like sort of a comfort. And there's actually a really funny story in relation to uh, rhythm games is um, we were in, are you familiar with Joypolis? Sorry, say that again. Are you familiar with Joypolis? No, I'm, I'm no, unfortunately not. It's a, uh, it's in, I think, I can't remember if it's in Yokohama or not, but there's a, basically like a Sega. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just looked it up real so, quick. It's fantastic. It's really fun. So like they get, because of Sega, there would be things like Taekwondo Tatsushima machines. There would be Project Eva machines. And there is like a sort of like a mini roller coaster along the roof. And okay. I, I, I hate roller coasters they are ungodly they are not in the bible i hate roller coasters. Tycho's in the bible though Tycho's Tycho's in the bible yes Atsuri Miku's in the bible like everything that's all godly that's all above board but roller coasters are ungodly but it was Hatsune Miku themed it was Project Eva themed you played a little rhythm game while you ramped up on the oh my gosh and my partner was like you have to do it you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. If you, it's it's Miku, it's Project Diva, it's rhythm game, rhythm roller coaster. You have to do this. And AIDS, I was like, no, 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 I can't do this. But then I said, you know what? Great, I'll do it. And um, I did it. I conquered my fear, and it was the worst thing it I ever did. It was the shittiest thing awful. I ever did. It was to the point where, not even exaggerating, I had my eyes closed and I was screaming, and I felt a tap on my shoulder. My partner said, Natalie, it's over. It's over. I was We're going, done. the writing stopped and I was still screaming my head off. And I got off that and I was in a huff. I was like, no, that, that sucked. That no one awful. saw that. <laughs> no one saw that. And you know what I did afterwards to calm myself down? You hugged a tattoo machine. <laughs> I played Taekwondo Tatsujin. Yes. So that was my, I'm super stressed. I feel a bit woozy. I'm going to go play a rhythm game. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I think you, I think you, I don't know if you've ever touched on this. You probably have, but in the, I think the, the most normie of normie video game articles is, oh, can, can you exercise while playing DDR? You, you know, and, but at the same time, it's like, I totally get that concept of the mental vacation because you're like the nature of the game is very compartmentalized. You know, you can play it in certain or you can play it in like small bursts and and it kind of makes sense in terms of like like i was saying about the um devil may cry earlier where it's mission based you get a grade at the yeah. end you have that kind of um score based kind of stuff but at the end of the day it's like i remember i played a lot of ddr as a kid and um even if i didn't i wasn't specifically playing in order to beat a high score like you'd still have an enjoyable time even if you weren't you know even if you messed up or whatever um yeah i find that my mental vacation thing is like city builders and like oh, I, I get lost in rim world very frequently <laughs> because it's just like i like playing that kind of like god like and and kind of having all those like moving parts but it's it, like i said if, if you distill that kind of like rhythm game stuff down to it's like base parts you've got a compartmentalized like experience where you can just play one song you know you have to go back to like a menu and, and choose another thing and especially if you're using it to take a break from work or whatever um being able to just like you know say okay i'm gonna play this one song the song's done back to work or whatever we're gonna play two or something like that um and like i think i think because we're constantly like bombarded at all from all directions about content or you know the pressure to work or whatever like having something that takes your entire self you know to play yeah. like you, it's your it's your rhythm it's your hand-eye coordination it's like it's not like you're like I, I'm bad for having things in another monitor. I'm bad for yeah, having same. for streams or TV shows or whatever in another monitor. That's why I don't watch a lot of animes because you have to read subtitles and I can't put that in another monitor. Um, but it keeps me from being focused on it entirely, right? But with a rhythm game, you don't have that benefit. You can't have Twitter in another monitor and play a rhythm game successfully. So being able to force like your entire self to take a break in order to yeah. enjoy this one thing is quite nice and i can I, I definitely giving you props on that um i think this is a good place to like kind of like cut it off or like to kind of like wind down the episode um 
yeah, is, was there anything else you, you kind of like wanted to cover that like maybe we like touched on a little bit there and you were like, ah, I didn't get a chance to like talk about that. I guess this is on my soapbox a little bit. I think yeah, this was course. like towards the first third or so of the episode. We were talking about the idea of like, how have we gone from forums to discords and things like that? I lament for like this generation of fighting game tech because it's yes. all character discords and like- I hate it. Like, I, I hate it so much. Yeah, I hate it. Like, I I play a lot of Tekken. I play a character who is downplayed a lot. People are like, oh, he needs buffed, he needs changes, etc. And I deliberately am involved in no character discords for him because I just don't care. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. see everyone whining and complaining. I just want to see combos. I want to see tech. I do not. I'm choosing to play this character. No one is putting a gun to my head. And I just don't want to see all the whining and complaining. I just want the tech. Just give me the combos and things like that. But it's like, that's the thing. I just, I'm sort of, I guess, gatekeeping myself from information because I just don't want to hear the whining. Sick of the whining and the downplaying. No one's putting a gun to your head and making you play this character. And the whining, like, that's the thing is that the whining becomes the content, like exactly. surrounding the game. And I wrote something about this. I don't remember. I wrote something about this where it's like, oh, sorry, um, with pro wrestling and with, um, I wrote about this with stock prices because there's like a couple of esports teams that just like, there's an esports team that just went public and whatever. And um, with pro wrestling, it's TV ratings where if my TV ratings are up, it's a good thing. And when my TV ratings are down, it's a bad thing. But with my opponent, like the other company that I don't like, if their TV ratings are down, means their company's shit and they're going to go out of business and blah, 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 blah. And that's the entire dialogue of wrestling online. In, 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 like, you have to go out of your way in most places in order to find something that isn't that console warring. You know, and especially, like I said, with, uh, I wrote a thing about esports stock where it was like, the average fan doesn't need to know like doesn't care, you know, about or doesn't need to care about an esports stock because the stuff that's affecting it is likely stuff out of their control. And it's the same thing like you're saying with these character things where it's like the nerf balancing, buffing, whatever. It's like in most cases, especially if, you know, if you're playing locals, if you're playing in your local like sphere, you are likely not utilizing the character to a degree that a nerf or buff is unless it's like something that completely reworks the character you are yeah. likely not so efficient or so like specialized with that character that you know a, a frame like a, a jab going from four frames to three frames or something like that is really yeah. gonna like oh i'm gonna win evo now that now that yeah. this thing is just a slightly more like faster or something like that like the character just got like I think it was like top twenty like a, yeah like top twenty fifth at Evo and I'm just like please stop whining we got like top twenty five come on now and it's the down. player right and it's the player yeah it's, it's not really the, good player yeah I mean like uh, that's the thing about fighting games right is that I, I think that there's a lot of um, a lot of fandom these days is built around compartmentalization and it started it's started with like it's purposely built into fandoms now where they'll it's Harry Potter houses. You know, mm -hmm. if you have a Harry Potter house, you've compartmentalized your fandom into four different stratas and each of them have a very easily identifiable set of, a set of aesthetics and set of qualities and whatever. And everyone self selects. Right. And I noticed this started being built into it with like Homestuck where you'd have, well, Homestuck was a, a web comic that had, um, it had 12 different characters that each had their own color scheme and and Chinese Zodiac like uh, animal and, you know, Taurus and Gemini and whatever. And it was like, oh, I was sitting there and I was like, oh, that's that's done by design so that you can sell 12 different T-shirts of the characters and self-select and whatever and have have the fandom, even if they have different opinions about the story in general they can find their own little tribe in within this fandom right and i think that fighting games kind of like has that as well where you have those that kind of character loyalty and even the game loyalty where you're looking at tekken versus street fighter versus dragon ball fighters versus arxis fighter you, you know guilty gear or whatever right you have that kind of like console warring kind of mentality mm -hmm. and it all comes from that protectiveness of like i want my thing to thrive so that i can have the best experience you know, I want my character to get buffed so that I can have more fun playing it. And I want this yeah. character to get nerfed because every time I face this character, I have a terrible time. So if this character is is nerfed, it means they don't get played more, which means that I have more fun. So it's a... Uh, 
it's interesting like that. It's been a while since I've I've been gotten sweaty with any kind of like fighting game, but like I, <laughs> in, in terms, of, I I messed around with Guilty Gear Strive. I like pirated it just to play the practice mode kind of thing, um, just because I was curious. But even like I'm on Dustloop.com right now, and even just having it's so nice not to have a not to have it in a Discord and b not to have it as a video. I yeah. like consuming <laughs> written content. I like seeing diagrams. I like see like gamefacts.com, baby. Love that yeah. website. Plain text. Plain text for days. I'm gonna go on I'm gonna go on a Nintendo game from the early two thousands. I'm gonna see that copyright two thousand two on an Advance Wars walkthrough. And I'm gonna go ASCII art. art and I'm gonna go, what did your eyes see? wise wise uh sage you know of 2002 writing like writing like 25,000 words on the inner yeah. mechanics of this thing and like i said it's a fucking plain text file you are not hosting ads on that thing you are not plugging your twitter i think maybe they'd put a website or a forum or something they'd shout out say all my all my friends on the blah 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 forums but at the same time, there wasn't that kind of like self-involved, I need to profit from this. And those people would be making videos now, you know, in order to be able to get people to subscribe to their channel. And that magic gets yeah. lost and that sucks. So I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> um, is there anywhere that you'd like to plug on the internet where you are just to kind of like give people, if they, if they like the conversation, they want to find more about, you know, you or your work and that kind of stuff. Like where can they find you? Yeah, so my username is Platinum Paragon. That's the same username on places such as Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. And my website is just platinumparagon.info. That's where you can read all of the helpful articles that we've just been discussing. Cool. That's uh, yeah, I think that's a good succinct way of you know wrapping it up. I really appreciate it. This was this was a really fun conversation. Like sometimes it can it can conversations like this can either go like super like serious business or just kind of like be a little bit more casual. I think we got like a nice, like little, you know, good mix of it. Um, for my plugs, I guess you, if you're listening to this, you're already hopefully subscribed to plusheart.substack.com. Um, otherwise you can check out mattdemmers.com or onemoremat.com because I realized, I don't know if you have this problem um, where you write under a pseudonym, but like saying it verbally to someone and having it, like having them be able to like find you based on that verbal thing. My last name is not the, the easiest in order to spell from it's like yeah. verbal, like in, uh, not inflection, but like pronunciation or whatever. So I just bought one more mat.com and I just have it redirected because <laughs> it's easier to say verbally. That is brilliant. Yeah. Cause everyone, everyone knows a billion of them. So you need one more. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I've been really enjoying doing these, these verbal convert or these verbal episodes, verbal episodes these little podcasts whatever that's that's what podcasts are um i'll probably be doing another one in the next like couple weeks but yeah thanks so much guys for supporting uh supporting like i, I don't want to say authentic content because i don't want to like say that all other stuff is like not but i like to think that we're we're not in the renaissance but the renaissance is starting in terms of getting back to that blog culture in terms of getting back to that like you know, people having their own sites and people kind of like being able to make a little amount of income from it and being able to like support themselves off that. So thanks for supporting independent content like that. Um, we will see you on the flip side, I guess.